Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello, welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and today I'm joined by... Oh, I don't know why I say today I'm joined by Ray Gold. I'm joined every time we do this with Ray Gold. Hi, Ray. How are you? Excellent. How are you, Stacey? I've been a little bit sick, to tell you the truth, like just because we're coming off the end of our winter. And so I just kind of got hit with a bit of a head cold. So I sound a bit, a bit stuffy today, but I'm on the mend and the sun is shining. So it's going to be a good day. I don't hear any stuffiness. Uh, you sound as beautiful as ever, oh. my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. If I, You just can't make me laugh because if you make me laugh, I go into a fit of coughing. So no being funny today, please. You okay, I'm going to give it my best shot. Very straighty 180. Um, today's episode is brought to you by IDEA, the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association. If you're a dance studio owner and not a member of IDEA, you are missing out on an incredible community of like-minded people. I love the opportunity to connect with other IDEA members, Ree, and uh, at the moment we've been doing a lot of mentor calls because people have the opportunity, if they're part of IDEA, to get on the phone with somebody else from IDEA, an IDEA mentor, and be able to kind of nut out those challenges that are going on in real time, you know, as they happen. It's just one of the many benefits of IDEA. If you're not an IDEA member, then please make sure you get on to the internet, look it up, sign yourself up. It's at ideadance.org. Today, Ree, we're going to talk about things that people don't like to talk about, which is unfortunate. And that's kind of what sprung our conversation, right? Yes. I'm even a little, uh, how do I want to say it, uncomfortable because I know others are uncomfortable, but it's a topic that we have to talk about. So let's do it. And it's perfect timing because everybody is starting to think about costumes, thinking about ordering costumes and getting themselves sorted for their recital, getting competition teams costumed in some sparkly brand new fantastic things. So it's a good time to talk about costuming and appropriate costuming for everybody at your studio. I agree with that. I'm a I'm a guy uh, who believes in costuming being... Uh, age appropriate, uh, doesn't need to always be a two-piece costume, especially if you have average-sized girls who may feel intimidated or uncomfortable in those costumes. I think uh, one of our skills should be that we are awesome at choosing the appropriate costuming for all bodies, all dancers, all ages. So let's start with that. Mm. And it's it's easy to, to look at the sparkly things, especially at this time of year when there's so many catalogs and so many um, events you can go to and pick out your favourite costumes and get really excited. It's, it's sometimes easy to get carried away with something that is a beautiful costume without thinking about you know, the bodies that it's going to go on and the context that it's going to be in. Yes, you might find a perfect costume that really suits your song and that is going to really, you know, put your vision out there on stage. But if the people who are going to be performing the routine are going to be uncomfortable in the costume that you're going to put them in, then they're not going to perform at their best and they're going to be uncomfortable. The audience is going to be uncomfortable. The amount of competitions that I go to where I'm uncomfortable in the audience, I can't imagine how other people, especially 
men are feeling in the audience when there's costumes up there on stage. It's a tough one. And and I'll add to that, how many kids do we lose who would like to dance, who enjoy the art of dance, and even could excel in the art of dance, but stop because they don't want to get out on stage in the costumes? Mm. Yeah. I think, think we need to be well aware of that. If they go do soccer, they're not going to, be forced to wear something that's going to make them feel uncomfortable. Yep, exactly right. And it's it's very rare that you will get that feedback as a dance studio owner that they're leaving because they felt uncomfortable in the costume. I find it's always easier to give the excuse of I, she wants to go and try soccer or she, you know, has had enough or she wants to concentrate on her schoolwork. And yet, you know, those choices that we make – all along their dance journey need to really have the child at the center of the choice. I agree 100%. It's funny. The topic that we were going to talk about today, or we are going to talk about, I didn't relate it to costuming everything. And it's interesting how we started off here. Everybody's still wondering what the topic is, but, um, I want to say also when it comes to costuming, it, it doesn't always have to be glitz. It doesn't always have to be the shiny. Sometimes I feel like I see these gorgeous contemporary pieces, but the costume looks a little Las Vegasy. That's distracting, right? I think it is. It doesn't fit for me. It changes like the two moods don't go together, I yeah. guess. It, it's an unmatched, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't gel. Yeah. But sometimes as studio owners, I think we feel the pressure from the parent, knowing how much the parent is going to pay for the costume and what the costume looked like last year. And even though we have put together a completely different routine with a different mood and a different theme, we feel the pressure to put them in the big sparkly costume so the parent doesn't send us a cranky email and say, why is my child in my costume that's sparkly? Okay, I never came at it with that perspective, but in my mind, I'd look a little harder for something that they would feel the value in Mm. that was appropriate. Ooh, did I just upset anyone? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think people that are listening to the podcast know how you feel about costumes, Ray. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. But we have so many different students in our studios in this day and age than we have in the past. And it's important that when we're costuming and also when we're making any decisions in the studio that we are making decisions based on the safety and the the protection of the children involved. It goes back to, you know, what I just said about you may have a vision as a choreographer and you may, you know, want this to go up on stage and to look a certain way or you may want to run your studio in a certain way. But ultimately, protecting the kids that we have in the building that come to us for dance, that come to our safe space in order to be themselves and to step into, you know, their true self – that needs to be at the forefront of our mind when we're making lots of different decisions in the studio. Yes. And in this year of 
2022, it's different. It's uh, more, we must be more accepting. Uh, I was recently at an event and the question of what would you do or what, how are you handling the male student who may be identifying as a female or the vice versa? And when I heard the question, I was like, okay, this is something that needs to be talked about because this has been brought up several times in in town halls, discussions, um, good old idea, Facebook page, etc. Mm-hmm. There was this uncomfortableness with the question. And people were responding like, well, I've never run into that. It bothered me that it was uncomfortable to ask the question. I actually heard somebody say, well, that's too political in response to the question. And so uh, as a kid who grew up uh, different from all the other kids, feeling different, being a kid who loved dance in the 70s when boys weren't supposed to dance and and feeling this uncomfortableness in school is the best way to say it. I would go to the studio and the studio would be the place where I felt comfortable. I feel like it's not political. I feel like it is this topic of how kids identify themselves is where we are in 2022 and we always have to do what's best for these kids. Mm, 100%. Make them feel uh, that we're a safe space for them to be whoever, whatever they are and evolve into the great citizens that they can be under our roof in this safe and secure place. So this is a subject matter that I believe we need to talk about. Mm. And getting comfortable Uh, talking about it it, because it's not, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before, Reese, shying away from difficult conversations, shying away from conversations that we feel like we're not fully equipped for. But this is a perfect example of that in that everybody is learning through this process. And if you're not willing to have the conversations, then you're not going to be able to provide that safe space that you're talking about for those students and for the parents as well, because everybody is going through their own journey and and working their own way through it. Opening communication with those parents and with that child is is the first step in order to make sure that you're continuing that safe space that that you want the studio to be. Yes. And and realizing that that uncomfortableness is not a bad thing 
because I'm going to take us back because this came to my mind since we started talking. When I was in class, my mother or other teachers would say, butch it up, dance like a man. Okay, because that's how society looked at it. In 2022, I don't know if I would say that to a dancer, a male dancer. Okay, so the uncomfortableness is actually an evolution. Maybe we could call it an evolution of understanding or an evolution of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Because I may have felt uncomfortable 30 years ago with the student who I, the girl who identified as a boy and gone, what do I do with this? How do I handle this? Whatever, What? what where should they change, you know? <laughs> All these things that would come to mind. But in 2022, I understand that this is our world and this is a, a, I'm a safe haven or my school is a safe haven specifically for children like this and everyone else. Absolutely. And what can I do as the studio owner to not only, you know, step up to the conversation and to, to, to make change, but how can I be an advocate? How can I, you know, do my best to make it not just comfortable, but an incredible place for that child to be, especially during this part of their their journey? And so I'm going to take us somewhere, but take us right, if you will, take us right back to this specific topic. This is everything about who we are right now, meaning... We're dealing with kids who have anxiety, maybe ADD, maybe um, thrown for a loop at home because they don't have a good environment. This acceptance of how a child identifies is just one more of those, one more of those, what do I want to say, specific understandings we must have in 2022 for every child we teach and making it a safe environment for every one of them. And the girl who has the learning difficulty, who isn't going to progress as fast as someone else, still needs encouragement for how fast she will progress Mm -hmm. or can possibly progress. So as we're discussing this, I don't want our listeners to only think it's this gender identity. It's who we are right now. And I look at it like this. The more open, the more we become that safe space, the bigger our businesses are going to be, the more service we're going to do to our community and I don't know, generations that will follow. Sounds big, but it it, it really is. is. It is big. Uh, we None of us get into this business because we, you know, like the paycheck. It's because we want to have be of service. We want to impact our community. We want to have that legacy that, that will last through generations. And this is a great example of how 
moving through the times and um, this evolution, you know, being at the forefront of that is exactly how we make our impact in our community, exactly how we leave our legacy. It's a great example, Ray. And I think, you know, we, we talked about communication and, and being the safe space that people can come to us and have these conversations. I think it's worth talking about the communication that we then need to also do with our community of dancers and our team, making sure that everybody's on the same page. Because if we're, you know, very open and, and letting kids express themselves, we want to make sure that everybody on our team is on that page as well. And we're all singing from the same song sheet because otherwise if they're getting mixed messages in our studio and that could come from other parents or other dancers or, or our team members, it's not going to become that safe space that we want it to be. So that, that communication point in terms of internal and external and to people and from people is really important. So what would we call that acceptance and compassion training? Love, compassion training. Don't we all need a little bit more compassion training? Yeah, it's interesting. Yes, certainly needs to be addressed when we are having our faculty meetings, our faculty retreats, because you're right, we have to be on the same page because you may attract parents who might feel differently, but they will keep their mouths shut if you are all a united community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They they won't they won't express themselves or their uncomfortableness. And who knows? Maybe in a couple of years, after being at the studio and being exposed to differences in children. Uh, they'll be more accepting because we are accepting. And isn't that what it's all about, Ray? Like we talk all the time about being leaders and teachers and Mm. mentors. Sometimes we forget that we're also leaders and teachers and mentors to our community. Not not just the kids and standing in front of us doing a shuffle ball change. It's also the community of parents. It's also our wider community. And it's not just the people. It's the uh, vibe that we put out there. It's it's how people perceive our brand. It's to me, it's everything. So I want to ask you a question. I'm the you're the studio owner, and you have a child in your class who is a little girl identifying as a boy. Mm -hmm. You're coming upon time to make costume decisions. What are you thinking? What are you going to take into consideration? What steps would you take? Well, I'm not... I'm I'm giving you the interview here. I'm definitely not... um you know, forcing anybody to wear something that they're going to be uncomfortable in. So we have a policy within the studio that, yes, we do have costume selections and, yes, the costumes do come, but we don't buy our costumes, Ray. So we um, we hire out our costumes. So we've got buckets and buckets and buckets loads of costumes. So if we do get a situation where a child is particularly uncomfortable, we just change out that set for a completely different set that we hopefully 
have out the back somewhere. But I would start the communication early with that child and their parents, knowing that it's going to be important to them. It's going to be something that they're already anxious about, that they're already thinking what is going to happen and what, you know, how, how is she going to handle this? I would start the communication really early and I would make them feel as comfortable as possible and give that child the choice of which costume she would like to wear and which costume they would feel comfortable in and, and, you know, keep the communication open. If that happened to change, if they said this is fine this week and then we get a bit closer and we need to rethink that, I would be open to that. And this is not something that I'm finding is happening in every single one of our classes, but at the moment we do it on a case-by-case basis and we do it with the individual child and with the parent. And overall, it's for us, it's about making that child feel safe and celebrated. So if we can put them in a position where they are going to to feel celebrated on stage and uh, where they feel like they have been heard, the parents have been heard and the child has been heard in the studio environment, then that's what it needs to be. It's the same with our, we've got kids who um, have, you know, missing limbs who, who dance in our classes as well. We make sure we have costumes for them where they're going to feel comfortable and they don't feel exposed. And we make sure, we make sure across the board that, that our students are really going to be able to dance at their best when they go out on stage. And the costume is just, you know, the added bonus and the extra, the icing on the cake, but we need to make sure that they are ultimately as comfortable as possible and feeling as much themselves as they can so that when they're on stage, they can do their best work. I am with you 100% on that. Um, the communication was the key or was the answer I was looking for. Literally hitting up the parent and the child and saying, what will you feel comfortable in? Mm-hmm. Here are our two choices yep. or whatever it is. And just going with it. And that is our policy. You know, it's like at this point, it made me think of this. And I'm sure everybody listening isn't at this point, but there's probably a lot who are. Instead of saying male dress code, female dress code now, it says two dress codes and you have the option of which you choose. Mm -hmm. The black sweatpants and the t-shirt, if that's what you choose, Mm -hmm. or the black scoop neck leotard with the tights, if that's what you choose. Mm -hmm. And I believe that is the way it should be. Yeah, well, and words are so important. So that changing those options may, you know, feel like a 10-second change of, you know, the letters on the keyboard for you, but for a family, it may make all the difference in the world. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's good that we're talking about it, Ree, because people have it on their minds. People are talking about it as you said, on Facebook groups, I'm hearing it anytime I go to an event, we're talking about it as a staff group. It's it's important. People need to have these conversations and be starting the conversation. So thank you. I, 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 I'm uh, really glad that we did this. What I, what I worry about is 
um, uh, how do I want to say this? What I worry about is that people will turn away from accepting this because it would not be politically correct in our current time. And that's my fear. I think that's what, when I brought up the question at the beginning and how uncomfortable everyone is, we have to get past it. Mm -hmm. So this discussion, yes, I'm really glad that we had it. But if you're listening and you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable, say to yourself, that you want to make sure that every child feels comfortable under your roof. It has zero to do with politics. Yeah. Take it from a kid who was different. And, and you know what? A lot of dance people are different. So take yourself back to a time where you found yourself not feeling like everyone else. And did it have anything to do with politics? The answer is no. Mm. And if you're still uncomfortable, educate yourself. Do some research. Talk to some people. Engage in conversations. Be curious. Because the more information you can arm yourself with, the more confidence you will have when it comes to stepping up to making these decisions. And you'll be showing other kids through your performances and everything else themselves on the stage whether they're mm. they're there yet or not they're encouraged more to be who they are absolutely like, isn't it cool that we could start right now bringing up a new generation of audience members who think never thinks twice about what the child is because that's not a thought process. Ooh. I love that. Representation is important. We have the opportunity Agreed. to make a difference. Let's do it. Let's take that responsibility seriously and when we get a little older and we look back on our evolution we're gonna be proud of ourselves i guarantee you because this whole journey is about getting better getting smarter knowing more accepting more understanding more and here's our opportunity love it and while while we're at it because i know that you're uh, waiting to dismiss Stacy. We need to really, really enjoy the journey. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 